<laughs> you could have boiled teas by now, Jess. Yeah, I know. Hello, and welcome to the Small Town Band Podcast, where we are giving you unprecedented access to behind the scenes of a small town band. That's us. Um, around the mic today, we've got me, Chris, playing electric guitar. Uh, it's me, Trent, the uh, lead vocal and rhythm guitar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm glad we're all Jared, uh, the bass player. And me, Jess, um, I'm doing backing vocals and some keys. All right. Um, today's episode, we want to talk about influence and finding inspiration. Trent, do you want to kick us off? Um, yeah, uh, and I think we touched on it on the, the last episode, but I had like a solid four years of being nothing but Mumford and Sons man. Um, and I think while, while it was good and it taught me a lot, um, Especially now, it really gives a differentiation between what's inspiration and what's kind of just emulation, which I think is, you know, easy to fall into, to, to find sounds and really try obtain that rather than doing your own thing. Mm. Okay. I feel like a lot of the time you come to the band with a song idea or something and we say, that sounds exactly like more than words. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and I do think, while it wasn't the aim originally, I, I'm not going to ignore that, you know, um, it's made up a very similar way, um, but while, while it was very much like more than words, um, I then take that and what can I do to it, what can I do differently, and um, also once you get into the band scenario, you know, I think that... Um, the the sound that everyone else adds because yep I'm playing a rhythm guitar yes it sounds like this but your lead guitar is going to make a difference the saxophone's going to make a difference mm. something will it, while the obvious inspirations there it's not just a copy right do you want to play the start of faces for us Trent <laughs> not really <laughs> um because first that's the wrong capo no 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 this is tuned down a whole step oh I it forgot it's the right capo Five? no four. four where I had it I knew what I was doing. Just a little bit. <laughs> 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 Are they going to continue now? No, no, you said the start. It was the start. Okay, I thought you might do some lyrics this time uh, as well. But that was... That's alright. New song, don't, don't. So, So, what you're saying, to clarify, is that to get away. It sounds like you're not really doing anything to get away from emulation, <laughs> apart from because we have different instrumentation, well, it will because be different. When you when you play music, and this is I think the, the real theory part, right? We only have eight different note names to use, and then whether they're sharp or flat. And so you you're always gonna run into the oh, isn't that the same chords? Oh, is that and same with rhythms, is you know, that picking pattern was pretty simple i'm not very good at um picking style mm -hmm. and so it was a very simple picking style it just happened to be that we were still in that more than words kind of thing but then then when you want to break it down a little more right the keys changed there's different chords within the song it's not made up exactly mm -hmm. in the same way and then the melody 
while hitting similar notes just because of the general progression, still go to different places. Mm. Yeah, so would you say that, like, every member of the band brings their own um, element that's been derived from their own influences in their lives and it kind of changes the tone of the song? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's what I listened to growing up is not the same as what, say, Chris listened to, what you listened to, what Jared listened to. So while I'll come in, you go, oh, that, I mean, again, let's go back to my previous band, Thistle and Weeds, and everything I wrote was very much in that mumfity vein, that Mm. folky country kind of thing. Um, And I reckon that was more so than what we're doing now, was way more like an emulation, or what I saw as an emulation Mm -hmm. um, of that style. But because of the way we played the instruments we used, like we had a washboard in one song and stuff, it was a... We were doing enough different that it was becoming its own thing, despite the fact that the month of washboard may as well have been, um, I think it was Mr. Tambourine Man by Bob Dylan almost. Mm. Cool. I, I think that we will end up having like a whole episode about like lyrics and songwriting and all of that. But it sounds like if you're just starting out and you want to start writing a song, like go play a song that you like and then try and change it enough that, that you're doing something different. And then like what kind of musical influences have there been on your like lyric writing would you say um <clears throat> i'm just gonna say one mump and sons one more time and then move on from that, <laughs> uh, dead horse I'll five seconds in. later mump and sons. yeah um <laughs> yeah thomas is right that won't get on fast um uh but you know like when, when i'm growing up i uh my memories especially go to um cat stevens so yusuf yusuf islam um listened to i remember it was remember the days of the old schoolyard we used to be in the car going to wellington and listening to that or we had two copies of backstreets back for some reason oh, we yes. were definitely within the right age group <laughs> well i don't know that uh, was the before, so now that's what i call CDs. oh we literally yeah, yeah, into that. Yeah, get all um, and, then, and then like robbie williams she's the one or i don't want a rock dj like just and, and so especially now that i'm older and i can look back at it more i realize that what i was listening to was so diverse um and I do think it's like, especially now that I'm kind of coming into my own with it all a little bit more, um, you know, I can pick out lots of little influences I've got. But the good thing is, you have all these influences, and then you pick and choose pieces. Like my and now you've got, <laughs> and now you've got your own thing going. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> can we put it for that? Now? <laughs> Every time I've done it, it's gonna be. What did you say? Oh yeah. <laughs> So, Jared, you're playing bass with us. What, what were your musical influences growing up? And do they have any influence on the way you play bass? Well, that, okay, well, that's hard. Because as, like, coming to a... When I do music, I was always a drummer. Until Dan, until when uh, Trent came up to me, he's like, Oh, yeah, we know you want to come join us. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do drums. He's like, oh, no, we've got a drummer. Oh. <laughs> so, then, picking up the... Pick, bass-wise, it's... I can't say I have so many influences on the bass stuff unless I'm I uh, start listening doing things like um, the oh, Beatles. Oh, the Beatles was kind of way I started. I started learning how to do that. Someone just said like, "Oh, you play this song like this." I'm like, "Oh," so I just started playing it, annoying other people with it. <laughs> um, but I think back when I was younger, especially it'd be like when we used to go on road trip with Dad, and he would start casually singing like, oh, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere. Start singing that. So country was a big impact on me. reason why I still love a lot of country music, such as Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton. Um, so like old school country, 
Yeah. Not like post 9-11 country. Not, not West, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> not Western. <laughs> not Western. You can't not, mix country not, and Western what, music. What, 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 what did Bo Burnham call it? It was like stadium country music? Yeah, stadium yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like the big, yeah, big shots. But no, but like then come to now doing more bass stuff. One big one was actually, um, oh, what was the name? Um, when I started learning how to do Walk of Life in that, where I know, I was like, started learning how to pick up that kind of stuff and that was so much fun for me because it's like oh, I don't normally play this and yeah no just it just became really in, in my, into my mind but now come to writing music since I'm not the best at it and I usually join up with Thomas of it where one big influence at the moment for uh, stuff we're writing is Bruce Springsteen looking up some of his more older stuff which is more bluesy kind of jazz uh, it gets kind of bluesy kind of jazz kind of thing I Springsteen's broad yeah, because it's like, uh, it's 10th Avenue Freeze Out, which is a lot more uh, bouncier for a song compared to things like Dancing in the Dark, which is more dancing and stuff like that, where this one's like more, yeah, just more bouncy. It's a bop. It's a, yeah. bop. It's a bop, yeah. Mm. What about you, Chris? What, what were you, what were you mm. listening to? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was listening to whatever my older sister was listening to, which was that she'd go to Parachute, which was like this Christian music festival in New Zealand, and then she'd come back with a whole bunch of bands Including, but not limited to, Skillet, which is like heavy metal. Yep. Rapture Ruckus, which is rap core. And like, Rapture Ruckus still slaps. Like, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, and then just like general Christian stuff. I think something that I wanted to, I thought I might share about like that influence emulation thing. Maybe another example of us um, starting with something from someone else and then moving on. So, um, there's the song uh, from Bethel Music and Josh Baldwin. It's called You Deserve It All. And it slaps. And it's got a mean slide part. But the rhythm part is a D-shaped chord, but with the open high E string. So it's like... It's those shaped chords. And I was like, that's really cool. I want to use that. And Trin was like, well, what if you take that? And change it a little bit. And so we changed up the rhythm. We, we reverse the chords? Or yeah, we... it's a slightly different order. Um, and <clears throat> we reverse the rhythm, but it's the same chord shapes, um, but I'm playing on an acoustic guitar tuned down a whole step. So it's in a different key. And then that's how we got Eternity. It's still so pretty though. It's kind of nice. It's real pretty. So yeah, so Josh Baldwin, don't sue, love your music. Um, yeah, I think that's an example of us like taking things and, and changing them enough. Just enough. That we can't be sued. That's right. <laughs> Copyrights, don't touch us. And this is, this is going to be real random, but um, I think one of the reasons subconsciously that I picked up playing guitar, as a kid, like we had two CDs that we would play like i'm talking like i'm three and my sister's five and one of those cds was called petra praise the rock cries out and it's like rock but like christian rock <laughs> and like it still goes hard not gonna lie so like i i think that that sort of hard guitar stuff like gets me going even though i don't play that much of that like i'm often just doing pop single note stuff thank 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 like funkiness like, when you get to open out, I'm, I'm keen for that. So, yeah. That's where I'm at. Jess? Yeah, what about Jace? Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, I think 
like what um, Jared, Trent, and Chris were saying, a lot of, like, your influences, I think, depend on, like, what was being played in your home environment. Um, not to say that you like everything your parents play, but I don't know, maybe there's, like, a nostalgia factor to it. Um, and yeah, like having older parents, I'd say that I was exposed to like a pretty broad range of music, anything, um, you know, like classically type pieces, choral pieces to, um, there's this band called Manhattan Transfer, um, that Chris likes to mock. Jazz, funk, um, I was thinking like Rod Stewart, Tony Bennett, um, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin. Um, so yeah, like I'd say like my influences have sort of been um, more like Motown, funk, jazz. Um, and then, yeah, like a lot of the popular music when I was growing up was sort of like R&B, like hip hop, that kind of thing. So, um, like, what I was hearing on the radio would be, like, Tony Braxton, Aaliyah, um, Destiny's Child, um, all bangers, um, Eve. So, yeah, I want to say that that's sort of me. Hmm. Well, I think that's a good point, though, is, like, what we don't think about. Because I think it's less present, um... <clears throat> It's less present nowadays, but I think we forget that an aspect of our inspirations were we grew up where radio was probably just a bit more present. Like, you know, mm. um, not that you don't hear radio. If you go, Places I've worked will have radios playing all the time, but I find it such a... With, with streaming services, mm. with, with things like YouTube and all that, you it's on demand, right? And that's how people... It feels like more so operate now. It's what you want oh, when you it's so want. accessible, yeah. Like, because back in the day when we were growing up, if your parents didn't buy the CD for you, the only way to, like, hear new music was to either listen to the radio or, like, go watch MTV. Or go on LimeWire and get a virus. And... <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> a little bit later on. Allegedly. Yeah, no. or you'd go around your friends and get their CDs and, like, burn the tracks that oh, you like. Oh, You know, before you could get into trouble for that sort this of thing. Is, this is making me think of that one song, uh, Video Killed the Radio Star, but now it's turning to streaming Killed the Video Star. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's just one thing to bring it up another. Because, yeah, once video stuff came out, I guess... Um, Radio kind of stopped because you're like, oh, you can watch the music video behind it. And now you got like, cool, you go to streaming. And now it just seems like, oh, no, we don't care about the it's video. It's killed the music video. Yeah, exactly. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, no. Higher. I mean, I think that uh, so far, <laughs> Shadowcaster as a project has benefited from streaming services. Oh, very much. And shout out to the 4,400 people who listen to us monthly. Yeah, like, yeah. They didn't have to go out and buy a CD to hear our music. They just heard it. And that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's benefit as well nowadays is, um, <clears throat> you know, if if people didn't go see you live, if people weren't buying CDs, they don't hear you. But nowadays, everyone has a chance to get on those streaming platforms and get heard. And I think I said last time, but that's also almost in its own detriment because there's so much out there now and you're you're fighting for a place kind of within that as we record a podcast i have no idea what you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah, of course. yeah of course not oh yeah, yeah. No. make no sense definitely yeah. not no um do you sort of reckon then that like talking about musical influences 
But um, something that's quite cool is like seeing people get influenced from like international music more. So like rather than whatever is the most popular songs in New Zealand at the time, like I know for me um, that I've been like pretty interested into like listening to K-pop, J-pop, like C-pop, some like Vietnamese music, um, like South Africa back home is like pretty um, cosmopolitan, like tons of cultures. Um, I grew up around like Afrikaans music, Miriam Makemba. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? I think that where I want to land is land. We're landing the plane, guys, on the main topic. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think that the. If you want to write a song, it's actually quite good to start with a crowded writer's room. So, like, when we write with the six of us, that's churned out um, Eternity, Evelyn Street, and, like, those, and a couple of others. Those ones just ain't going to come up when you're writing by yourself. Like, I remember my first introduction to songwriting is I took music at school, and so you have to write a song, and I wrote this, like, cringy wine about like, ah, oh, this girl doesn't notice me. <laughs> no one <laughs> <My lady. laughs> And like, so I like, I was like, this is, this is, I am so embarrassed about this song. So I recorded it, didn't put lyrics on it. And the music teacher was like, where are the lyrics? And I was like, nah, you can't have them. He was like, do them. So I did them. I have no idea where they went. I have saved zero copies of that finished song. Like it's done kind of thing. But when we go and like write together, then we can enjoy that and I can enjoy other people's influences. And I think that you guys just come up with ideas that I would never come up with. Never in my life am I going to put a flat seven in a song. It's just not going to happen, but it's wonderful to have the crowded room where other people do that. Yeah. And um, definitely like when you look at the, again, like, I mean, it hopefully is apparent even just with the four, but with six having such a diverse range and what we especially listen to because i think even on a whole our everyday listens are pretty pretty night and day mm. um and yeah i agree like eternity right i wouldn't have come up with those chords i wouldn't have been able to get that finger style going like that um but then on the same on the same leaf when we sat there trying to write the lyrics and we had a room full of people joking or coming up with these things and like having laughs but me mm. sitting there going oh well, what about this um and staring it in that direction and yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite interesting to see that all play out. I don't know, I just, I feel like it's like, when it, when it comes to music writing, I'm usually probably, out of, out of the six of us, I'm usually probably the, not the best at it because more coming into playing a new instrument for me from that, which wasn't too far because rhythm section still, I just, I just sit there and be like, I, have an, I could have an idea in my head, but because I don't know how to get these certain things, I can't pull across as much as like what you guys do. So I'm like, mm. be like, I can roughly explain it in, like, maybe Chris, you know, you, you'll pick it up and be like, oh, yes, exactly, that's what he means. We know that Daniel, our theory nerd, is the one doing that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he kind of picked up like, ah, oh, yes, that's what it yeah, is. every time. I think, let's wrap up the main topic. Yeah, yeah, of course. But the last thing I want to say is that I was in Music Planet chatting to Adam, mm -hmm. last name? Lee. Adam, Adam Lee. Lee. Go listen to his music. It's, like, cool. He played an acoustic gig with us. And it was so interesting talking to him that he was saying that, like, he really enjoys being in the studio by himself, but he's sort of reaching the limits of his talents. He's like, I can't play keyboard. 
I can program a synth, which is really cool. And so I've got all the stuff going on and it's really cool. And I was just thinking like, man, like Thomas can play saxophone and there's no way that I can play a saxophone, let alone ship out however much it costs to start playing saxophone, to buy a saxophone. And so I really think that bands are great. But yeah, I mean, and it's again, like I, you know, I think like a few of us, I've got a few musical skills. I can pick up some things and just kind of click with them. But I mean, like I've always said, I wish I'd learned sax or violin or all these things that just I couldn't imagine. But then like, yeah, you have Thomas, who's this incredible sax player, whether he wants to admit it or not. <laughs> um, Daniel, who he's good at drums, but he's kind of good at everything and he can work everything out and your guitar playing. And yeah, it's... I've got a bass. <laughs> and unlike the rest of us, Jess has talent. So <laughs> let's, mo- let's move on to Jess's question corner. Okay, guys. So um, as you may know, uh, Across the Spider-Verse has come out this year. Um, great franchise. If we were all Spider-Men from the Spider-Verse universe... Which ones would we be and why? That's just a big list. The results may shock you. <laughs> um, where do we start? Let's start with the ones who aren't here, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, earlier y'all were saying that Thomas would for sure be the film noir Spider-Man. Spider-Man noir. 100%. Noir. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big like movie buff, so it kind of makes sense. And I heard something about like how... The Spider, the film noir Spider Man, was like took the longest to um, animate. He was actually the most difficult to animate, so uh-huh. that kind of makes sense. I feel like Thomas is quite complex as a All person. Right, yeah. So now Dan, because I don't, I don't <laughs> have any ideas. So I have far. an idea. Yes, yep. Daniel plays drums yes. in a band. Yes, Spider Gwen mm. plays drums in a band. Mm. Yeah. I rest my case. You're, you're, <laughs> you're bringing up some good points. No, good points. no more questions on that one. <laughs> you know, um, yep, yep. Congrats, Dan, your Spider-Gwen. So I think that Jess is strong and also will do whatever it takes. So she, uh, the, the Spider-Man... Spider-Hulk. No, no, from across, <laughs> across the Spider-Verse. Mild spoiler, the main guy. You know the guy, Miguel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Him. I know what you mean. He, He's like, I'll do whatever it takes. He looks like someone crapped oh, in the Oh, Spider-Man 2099. Yes, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. if someone was out for our pets, Jess would do whatever it takes. Like, she would definitely beat a man up. Like, like <laughs> She would beat someone up for I've beaten people up for less. Um, yeah, and then, like, Jared, I reckon, would be, like, the anime Spider-Man and the, <laughs> <laughs> and the like robot. You know, there's the, the chick and the... Spider-Man, Ooh-woo. Spider... As I still, as I was still saying, I will defend myself, I would rather be Spooderman. Really, you know, really affects my personality. Just, I am Spooderman. Yeah. Um, I'm going to use Chris's own logic against him. You're going to be a Spider-Man. You play guitar. Mm. Spider-Punk? <coughs> Spider-Punk is very against the rules, which I am not. Oh, oh I was going to say Spider-Punk for Trent, actually. Yeah. Me? Though. Yeah, I watched that and no, I was like, this I, is Trent. He's like, I'm, against yeah. the establishment. No, no, no. I'm, I'm Lego Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that I could see. That one I could see. Chris isn't even a Spider-Man. He's just the, honey, where are my pants? Guy from the Lego honey, movie. Where's my super suit? I'll, I'll take the Spider-Man that dies at the start of Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Gear Talk! Gear Talk! Uh, today, I wanted to talk about my Ashton Stratocaster. Mmm, Ashton. So for anyone who does happen to listen who doesn't know what an Ashton is, Ashton is a... Australian-owned guitar company. On the cheaper beginner side, I think... I know both me and Chris have both had Ashtons. Um, mine was an acoustic. I had a couple acoustic Ashtons. But yes, we. Uh, your Ashton's quite impressive. So they, they Ashton make entry-level instruments. And I, at the time, was in university studying electronics, so I knew how to solder. And I didn't want to spend money because I was a poor student on an expensive guitar. So I decided... That I would build a project guitar. So I bought this Ashton guitar for $70 off Trade Me, which is New Zealand's Craigslist or eBay essentially. Um, and it came with an amp as well. So the guitar was like 30 bucks. And what I decided is that I wanted to make each of the positions, the neck and the bridge, the most of that that I could. So neck is normally darker. And I put a Seymour Duncan Hot Rails humbucker pickup into it. Which is a very, very dark pickup. Trent. What did you say? Bruh. My phone is messing with the audio. Uh, so, it's got this... So, it's a semi-expensive pickup. It might have been like $200 for the pickup to go in the neck. And in the bridge, I put a Tone Rider P90 humbucker-sized P90. So, it's humbucker-sized, but it's single-coil. So, it's got some harshness. The bridge is normally harsh. And that's what I did as my main instrument for about two years and i gotta say if you have a little bit of soldering ability this is a way to get yourself a good guitar quickly yeah i think it's it's easy especially like you know when we get older and have have adult money and we get our fancy fenders or gibsons or whatever you get i think it's easy to forget that some tech guitars are actually really well made um, my first electric was a Yamaha SC150 and like it's still one of the better guitars I've ever played mm. um, you know price doesn't always mean everything but your 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 Ashton or is it as is it it's referred to nowadays as the Cashton Chris's Ashton I spent a ton of cash on the pickups for it yeah cash <laughs> um, and I mean oh, it's such it is such a cool little guitar so Unfortunately, I don't play it very much anymore. And the reason is, you say that cheap guitars are well-constructed. This guitar is not well-constructed. <laughs> like, the neck bowed a lot, so I had to I shimmed it, and then I fixed the truss rod to get it back right again. Um, and also, now that I play it more, the nut is not cut very well, which means that if you play the first two frets on a couple of the strings, the tuning goes out, like really far out yeah okay i didn't say that amazing instruction what i'm saying is they can be better than you expect right you yes. you hear lots of people who pick up a cheap squire maybe like a bullet and they do do a couple of things to it and they think they're great hmm. um but we're also spoiled in that again we've grown up and we have all this other gear at our disposal i don't what do you think jess about the cash <laughs> um Chris has a history of finding projects where he's like, I can do something for cheap. And then he ends up spending way more money on the project 
than if he just like bought something in the first place. I think part of the enjoyment is in in the project, right? So like I'm happy because Chris is happy with the end product and he was happy with the cash in for a few years. But like, yeah. It sort of reminds me similarly how he decided to make this desk this one time out of like scrap wood he found in the roof of his flat and then like bought hundreds of dollars of tools to construct this when he could have probably just bought a table for cheaper. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> yeah, the fact that the humbucker was, what, 200 bucks and you paid 70 bucks for the guitar and the amp is kind of funny to me. But, you know, like, I, I'm not a guitarist, so... Um, yeah, I can't say I'm talking from a place of experience. Now, everything turned out for the best with that desk, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I said the tools would be an investment. And indeed they were. Five years later, when we bought this house, and I've used the drill. And some friends borrowed the electric sander that I bought and used it on their renovations. So, so, so other people got use out of your tools. Exactly. So it was a great investment. Fair enough. Yeah, so do you feel like... All the time and effort and money that you've um, invested in the cash, gen, has it been worth it? Have you had that amount of money's worth of usage? Yeah, I think it? so. And so the the Tone Rider pickup, one of those pickups has moved on into my more expensive Fender guitar now. I think if, if you're starting out and you're looking for a guitar, go and buy a Squire Stratocaster. They're like 200 bucks New Zealand. Or if you can upgrade, get a Telecaster because they can play any genre of music and be fine. So 500 bucks and you won't regret it. You might move on to something else in the future, but start with a Squire and I think you'll be fine. I think in the end it's like, cause I, got, I would have to say it's like, and this is on the drumming side of it because the action does make drum kits, which I have played one or two. Now, they're not bad, but it's like, you know, you can get Ashton, you can fix, put different things onto it, like you change the heads and all that, and it'll make a, you can make it a lot better because the shells are pretty, usually pretty universal, pretty sturdy, mm. at least from what I remember from an Ashton drum kit. But you know, you can buy new head, like new head from Gretsch and all that. God, it's Gretsch, mm. yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. and symbol and different symbols and stuff, and you can make it sound ten times better. And like you'll probably spend compared to like spending maybe five hundred for the kit and all that, plus an extra, probably about another five hundred or so just for the other parts instead of spending instead of spending what two thousand dollars on a pearl kit give or take because I, I did own a pearl kit for a bit it was pretty as anything but i could have got it so much better with the money i'll tell you that mm. <laughs> mm. yeah so to round out the cash in if you get a cheap guitar and put expensive pickups in it it will it will be good it will help all right let's go to what's next <laughs> What's next for the band, Trent? Yeah, so um, we uh, since the last one, we're still kind of uh, approaching uh, our next lot of things. So um, we are prepping especially for uh, Battle of the Bands in Wellington. Um, and we've just uh, found out that in our heat, we've uh, got, got a uh, old school friend uh, also competing, which is going to be some good fun. I haven't seen him play in a good while. Um, so shout out to the Dead Zephyrs, but come yeah, see yeah. us in Wellington on Wednesday the 9th of August. We are also playing at Snails here in Palmerston North. Uh, that's on the 12th of August, the Saturday. And then we are back in Wellington on the 19th of August for Winter Vibes Festival. 
you were so close, except that Winter Vibe is on the 26th. <laughs> and it's not a Wellington, it's an Upper Hutt. <laughs> upper Hutt's part of Wellington. Yeah, yeah, Joe. It's a different don't place. Don't I, don't I will stand by this. It's a different this. city, but I would tell people it's Wellington. It's more. Just looking out, because there is some other stuff coming to streaming platforms and such that we're just we've kept Snipe a little out on the digital platforms <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know um stuff we've we've got we haven't even talked about really yet that um we're uh, are happening this year yeah so keep yourself posted and we'll see you next time on the small town band podcast mm-hmm.